Prince of Peace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. This is Pastor Joe McGarry. We continue with our bread series, looking at the Gospel of John, chapter 6. And this week, we talk about our experiences with Jesus. When was the first time you remember really learning about Jesus, really coming to know who Jesus is and what Jesus can do for your life? This is an important question as we talk about our faith. Have a great week and be blessed. Holy Gospel according to John, the sixth chapter. Jesus said to the crowd, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Then the Jews began to complain about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not complain among yourselves, for no one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I think each of us, at some point in our life, wants to participate and be involved with something bigger than ourselves. Some kind of event, some kind of group, something that is larger than we could ever think about or even imagine. Just to know that we are not alone in this gigantic, sometimes unkind world. And I think this need to participate in something bigger than ourselves lends us to go and participate in whatever may be the latest fad or to search for some new kind of fulfillment in our life, to seek the richest treasure that we could grasp. We consume and we devour until we are fed up with life, and yet we still want more. And that may be some sort of temporary fill and it may force us into some fulfillment coma. But we need food. We need spirituality. We need something that will last for our whole life. Not just some latest fad. And that can be found in our relationship with God. God comes to us, and we don't know how. We don't know why. But God comes to us, and when we encounter God, we can have this fulfillment need be met because it gives us hope it gives us promise 
because God is love. And we no longer have to search to have our needs be met only temporarily. Instead, we are given something, something that fills not only our life, but our souls. It quenches our thirst, and it cleans us from the inside out. God gives us this strength to meet another day, to get to the next activity or get to the next doctor's appointment. When we call on God, God answers us. We can rely on the one who is there when we really need him. God is right there in our everyday, ordinary, mundane life. Which sounds so crazy to me because God gods, when we read about gods, even in in mythology, gods are made powerful for greatness, not for grime. They're supposed to reside up in the clouds, and we are supposed to look up, but not be down here next to us. And I don't think we are the only ones who have trouble with this concept, because the idea that Jesus came to the earth, Jesus, the Son of God, to be with us is is absolutely crazy. And this is, the, the, um, this is what the crowds think in our gospel reading today. They know firsthand of their own flaws and shortcomings. They know their faithful, faith, faithlessness and failures. They know their doubts and fears. They know their betrayals and broken promises. They know their grudges and prejudices. They know all the shame and disappointment and regret that they carry with them each and every day. And they see this man who gives of himself, who gives freely and says that he comes from God. And they may ask themselves, why should I be loved by God? Why should God care about me? I am a sinful, broken human being. But God says it doesn't matter. God is going to love us, even when we can't love ourselves. When I have conversations with people about the church, or even about life in general, I hear a lot of complaining. But complaining about how they've been hurt in the past. And some of that is really legitimate. Some people have been deeply hurt by the church. But what I find is that a lot of people are just angry. Angry at the world. Angry at themselves. And they want to complain because it somehow makes them feel better. They want to complain because they are afraid. Afraid that in the end, maybe, because of all the things that we have done in our lives, maybe we are not good enough to be saved is we're not the smartest, the most beautiful, the most athletic, the most faithful. Maybe we think we don't matter because we constantly hear this voice inside our head that says, you are not enough. Maybe that's coming from us. Maybe that's coming from somebody else or even the world in general. You are not enough. You are not good enough because of what you look like, because of who you love. Because you have not made it to church every single Sunday. You are not good enough. But Jesus comes to us and says, that is not true. 
Jesus comes to us and says, you are good enough. He says in the gospel today, I am the bread of life. This bread comes down from heaven so that anyone and everyone can eat it and not die. I am the living bread so that everyone can eat it and not die. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I give is the life of the world. This is the world for you because God loves you for who you are. So this bread that Jesus gives us is not just to fill some sort of hunger need inside of us, but is to fill our soul. This type of nourishment fills something inside of us that gives us this spiritual depth and richness. Something great begins to grow. And this is given to each and every one of us. But so many times we want to push that away. So many times we want to, nothing to do with it. It's not because we don't love God. It's not because we don't love ourselves. It's because we are afraid. We are afraid of what will happen to us and our lives if we actually receive God's love and accept it. If we embrace God's love in our lives, what does that mean? And how will our lives change? That can be very frightening. But to know what will happen and to experience that is to know our own personal faith story. Now, you might look at me and say, well, what does that mean, your own first personal faith story, and, and how do I figure that out? Well, I started to read about stories and, and st- how, how we can learn our own stories, and I came across this interesting um, story by Ernest Hemingway. Has anybody heard of Ernest Hemingway before? Well, legend has it that he was given a challenge, a challenge to, to share a full story in six words. And this is what I found that he came up with. Now, I don't know if this is absolutely 100% true or not, but I I found it very interesting. The story goes like this. For sale, baby shoes, never worn. Now, this idea of of a six-word story has really taken off, and I found multiple websites that have... um, that have people sharing their own six-word stories. For example, if I was to write the gospel lesson from today in six words, I would write, Jesus Christ, the bread of life. Or, lots of people really want food. And, And so, to think about, what would your faith story be in six words? Could you share your faith in that way? And so, to get you started thinking about it, here are some um, Bible stories, and, and I'll see if you can recognize them, that, that I um, have here in six words. So, God said, let there be light. So, what does that relate to? Creation. It rained 40 days and nights. Noah's Ark and the flood, right? Moses said, let my people go. So it's escape from, from Egypt, Moses and the people. So, so care for him, I'll repay you. 
What's that? Good Samaritan. This day you'll be in paradise. Hanging on the cross. So what would your six-word story be? So if I was to um, give our church a six-word story, I might say, Prince of Peace, God's people care, right? I might say for myself, I believe, I love, I go. Or given so much, given much grace, so undeserved. God is love, God is grace. You know, the best way for us to understand and really get to know our own faith story is to come here each week and hear the gospel proclaimed, to sing together, to pray together, to gather with one another, and then to come here to the altar and to receive the promises that no matter what we do in our life, no matter who we are, what we have done or failed to do, God is here with us and that God loves us. God offers us a tomorrow that is better than we could ever imagine. God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but to give the world life and hope. And we hear this message, and we gather and we eat the bread and drink the wine and live into eternity. And this, this message gives us Moments of grace. Now, I first had this phrase, moments of grace, told to me from a man in, in, a, um, in one of my congregations who spent his life serving people. He was a teacher and a football coach, and he was a faithful church man. He probably served on every committee, taught Sunday school, president of the church council, all all the things that one might do when they're a part of a church and, and deeply involved. He had a big heart, and he helped many people throughout his life. But one day he got the news that he had cancer. And it was a quick-moving cancer. And this confident man, who was so strong and was the, the bedrock of his family, suddenly became dependent on, on other people, something he really did not like to do. And, and, it, and it got to the point where he could barely walk anymore. But he was a proud man. And in spite of everything, he came to church. Almost every, he got his, his shirt and his tie, his suit coat on, and he came to church. And he would come to the table. And he would stand there with his hands out as they were shaking. And he would hear the words the body of Christ given for you. And then he took the, the, the wafer and he dipped it as his hand shook in the wine and he'd hear the words, the blood of Christ shed for you. But eventually he couldn't make it to church anymore. He became too weak. And I would visit with him. And near the end of every conversation, he would turn to me and he would say, Pastor, can I have my moment of grace? At that point, I knew he was ready to receive communion. The one thing that he desperately desired, the one thing that he needed was his moment of grace. The moment when he consumed the bread and the wine, the body and blood of Jesus, he was receiving grace 
He was receiving for the forgiveness of all his sins. He forgiven of all the mistakes he made in his life. And this brought him comfort and peace. Near the end of his life, we, uh, sat, I sat with his family um, next to his bed, and together we read Psalm 23, and we prayed. We held hands and asked for God's healing to come upon him. And he died a few days after. But he died knowing how much his family, his church, his community, and his God loved him. And each of us is given that same promise that God loves us. And each of us are invited to come around this table to hear the words of hope and grace and forgiveness and peace and love. We have a chance to come together to receive the bread and the wine, the body and blood of Christ, to receive our own moment of grace. To hear the promise of God that God loves us and cares for us and that whenever we need God, to be there, God says that he will be there and give us chance after chance to experience this redeeming grace and love. Given to us by God through Jesus Christ. Amen.